0: Welcome back to our podcast. My name is Melanie Thorley and today we have Melissa Langton with us. Um, Hi. Melissa Langton is a HR expert he's served two decades in Queensland in both private and public sectors. Um, now, so and though you're watching MJT Law today, we've also got a visitor for the first time.
1: Very it's, lucky.
0: It's really exciting to have you. Now, you have been in the business for a really long time and um, although I want to talk about a little bit about the HR, um, so you know to our, all, all our employer clients or employer visitors, you might want to stick around and find out a little bit more about that. Today, I want to talk a bit more about resilience. Hmm. You have, in the past four years, three years, four years, oh my god, you've had two
1: children, you've renovated the
0: house and you've managed a business
1: mm-hmm. and
0: you've gone through these challenging
1: times. Yes. How's it been? I had to cover my grey hairs <laughs> before I came to see you. I suspect um,
0: we all have to do that from time to time, uh, time yes. to time. Get yeah. harder and harder as so we get older. That's
1: right. Yeah. <laughs> um, when you actually, thank you so much, first of all, for the invitation. Oh, pleasure. Um, when you invited me along to talk about resilience, I went, why would you want to talk to me? Um, <laughs> because in all, in all seriousness, there's so many people out there that are doing their thing without um Mm. talking about it or without um singing about it or getting any support yeah um so shout outs to you all yeah um but it it really it has been challenging um for everyone and i've had some unique Mm. by choice clearly Because I know how children happen. We're not just
0: talking about the last 12 months. We're Mm. talking about the last four years. You wake up one morning and you're having a cat. Mm. And you have a business.
1: Mm.
0: So, was there... uh, For those of you who don't know, I actually don't have children. So, I've never had to deal with this particular situation. (laughs) I do have two cats and a dog.
1: (laughs) Kind of equivalent, to be honest. But
0: for far shorter times. So, So, how's it been? Like... Did, did you have to manage your clients? Did you have to manage your life? Did you have an incredibly extensive calendar where you had to get everything? I mean,
1: what were you doing? How were you managing mm-hmm. it all? They all sound like really good ideas, and I <laughs> probably should have done that, to be honest. But <laughs> I, started, I started my business with the view that I wanted to have a family. So right. that was one of the reasons I started my business, one of the many. But... That was one of the key drivers, um, okay. being a bit of master of my own destiny.
0: Having that flexibility? Yeah. 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 So this, this probably relates to a lot of our viewers yeah. out there, those absolutely. who are in work, not quite as flexible as they want, and they start their own businesses for lots of reasons, and one of them is obviously flexibility, hmm. a bit more me time.
1: Yeah, and for those of us who have been in business for a little while, you start to realise there's absolutely no flexibility whatsoever. Who knew? There's so much to do. <laughs> So,
0: yes, so I grew, really. I think I work more as a business owner than I did
1: as an
0: employee. Yeah, but yeah. it's a labour of love, though, right?
1: Uh, really, what it has given me is choice. That's it. Not it's it's a choice of what I want to do with my time. It's a choice of what I want to devote my hour to, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. I devote my thought to. Um, some of it may feel like it's not necessarily a choice, mm-hmm. um, but when it boils down to, and you give yourself a sort of virtual slap across the face and go this is actually a choice you don't have to be doing this mm-hmm. um, then it sort of puts things in perspective and that's probably the one thing I've drawn on over the last four years is what is my choice in this instant um, yeah. do I choose this path or this path what's mm-hmm. best for me um, and then as it came about what's best for my family as well
0: so is that where the resilience comes for you is that where are moving forward in, in times where because because what i see resilience as is is continuing to move forward even though we may not have any energy left mm-hmm. or how to have more energy when really the answer is we have none yeah. you know just kind of stepping out of the now and moving forward in time
1: it's probably more granular for me mm-hmm. um it's actually how do I just continue to breathe okay yeah and it's that might sound a little bit morbid but what it is is about what do I do next mm. what's just the next step it might not even be forward it yeah. could be sideways or mm-hmm. it could just be how do I just continue to function yeah. right now
0: have you found that your clients are facing the same issues because you're an HR right and HR brings its own set of challenges, or shall I say, running a business with employees, which is what HR is all about, brings its own set of challenges. Do you find that your, your clients are having the same issue?
1: Resilience, everyone, everyone's exhausted. Mm. Um, and that's mm. the business owners, but also their teams. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing that I'm finding is change fatigue. Right. so okay. it's that constant it might even be a dramatic shift it's just there's something else happening that's different and mm. how do we adjust mm. or trying to make plans on the unknown um and we've come to the end of of something different mm. but we actually don't know what the next different is because we're all facing a bit of a cliff with think, the job keeper and i
0: think that's absolutely right I remember the GFC, 2009,
1: yeah, <laughs> you love so, so, it. was made so, redundant it was for so the horrifying. second time, Melanie. so horrifying. So yes, I do remember it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it was a horrifying time for the world in general. Right. Uh, I remember that and I felt for about four years, maybe even five, that people were holding their breaths, waiting for waiting for something to happen. Hmm. and. What we should have been doing was going, this is the new norm, and let's just get on with it. And it took us, as a community, I think, a really long time to, to get our heads around that. Do you think it's going to take the same amount of time this time? Are we going to be in this for years, or are we just going to go, oh, this is the new norm, let's keep moving forward?
1: I think it's probably six of one and a half a dozen of right, another day. Okay. Um People are really exhausted with the change, mm, as yeah. I mentioned before, mm. but... I think there is some genuine learning that's happened previously. Um, also looking at the fact that technology has put us in a, an environment that is constantly changing. So yeah. there is an element of kind of learned behavior, but the pace at which it's happening is having quite a dramatic impact on teams and mm. businesses and my clients and my family. Mm. Um, mm. So trying to understand what decisions to make because it becomes quite noisy Mm. Um, and that's also in my reflection of asking the questions around resilience is choosing what actually matters mm. um, and what's important and staying in your lane mm. I think is another thing not trying to be all things to all people has really helped me a lot as well.
0: Yeah I, th- I think I think in many ways what we should do as individuals is just understand that we're okay not having all the answers and we're not going to have all the answers on this particular situation because even for me and my strategic planning in business i actually don't know what's in front of me but that doesn't mean i shouldn't strategic plan so on. it is actually a really weird space to be in and those of you who don't know much about lawyers we are we are the ultimate planners yeah, we are all about the outcome and how to strategize to get there. So when we don't know what the outcome is, and we are making a strategy into the great wide, we find that really disruptive, and it's a it's a it's a psychological problem mm. for us. Mm. Um, so I find that a real struggle. But I know I must strategic plan. Mm. So so I mean we're at the end of the, um, the first quarter. The quarter yeah. Well, sorry, the second quarter,
1: third quarter. It's the first quarter. Oh my God. The calendar year, third quarter third in quarter.
0: the financial year. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're, into the, we're into the third quarter and for me it's it's now a revisit of my strategic plan at the end of the, of the, the financial year last year and I need to move forward. Um, I haven't done it yet because we're not there, but I actually don't know how to even plan that. So if, for me it's a matter of... Getting a blank piece of paper and starting something, writing something down. I'm going to start with my old strategic plan and work on it from there because that's what I know. Mm. But it's the unknown that I find really, really, actually the biggest challenge is when you when. And I'm going to take it back to a personal level um, and out of the environment we are at the moment. When you were pregnant, mm-hmm. this was a massive unknown for you. Mm. And I recall that many years ago, you said to me, "I don't know what sort of baby I'm going to have. Yeah. It could be." It could be a sleepy baby. It could be an awake baby. It could be a noisy baby. It could be a needy baby. It might not be a needy baby. I, I'm just going to see how it goes. Yeah. How did that work with your business plan?
1: It didn't. Right. So when I talk to people about <laughs> best
0: laid plans, people.
1: Yeah, yeah, Um, I really have started my business three times now. So, the first when I first met you, we mm. both started together. Um. Oh my god. I know. <laughs> Our, our scared little faces at the Brisbane North Chamber of Commerce. Um, but look where it's lettuce. How oh, yeah. fantastic. Um, and then I had my first child and started the business again, mm, mm, mm. knowing I would have a second um, or hoping I could have a second and was blessed with another one. But yeah, started it again. And I happened to come off maternity leave last January 2020. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, <laughs> it's been fun. <laughs> right yeah so that that was a whole nother interesting I thought I knew what I was doing coming out of the second maternity leave going yep, I've got it all right oh, all been
0: there it. done that yeah.
1: let's go and again thinking been there done that I've mm. had one kid I know what to do with the second mm. one
0: yeah. right
1: so there's definitely an element of giving in to you where you're supposed to be at the right time, and mm. what do you need right now? Mm. So mm. I actually just need you to go and get me a tub of Reese's ice cream, please, husband. <laughs> and while you're at it, some ice magic. Yeah,
0: because actually it's really hard today, and yeah. I I just, yeah. I just today I just is
1: need, a really hard. Yeah, day. I just
0: need to do something. Yeah. It's really interesting because I take a different approach to resilience, and you know that actually. Mm. I. Um, Those who don't know much about me, um, you're welcome to Cyberstalk Me, there's a lot of information out there about me. Uh, But I choose physical activities that there is no possible way I can achieve today and work towards it in the future. So I've been doing this my entire life. And the first one I did was when I was in my very early 20s and it was the Empire State Building Run-Up. And it's progressed from there.
1: Um, and boy, has it! <laughs> oh my goodness!
0: <laughs> and in recent years, there's been open water swims and crossing Simpson deserts on my mountain bike. And some of them take more time than others. Simpson desert one took two years of serious training. Um, the 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 open water swim took about seven months of training. Some take some take more, some take less. But it's about not achieving a goal today at all, that I can do. I am not a swimmer, I am not a mountain biker, I am not a stair climber, you know, none of these things are me, but I still still go forward and train for it, and it's because it is bigger than me, that makes me focus on it. And because these activities, in my view, are so hard, it takes all my attention, which gives me that downtime I need. So, you know, I look at it, you know, so we have two completely different concepts of what how resilience occurs and how we get resilience. And it's really interesting that it's worked for both of us in our own ways. I couldn't do your way, and I'm fairly certain that my way's not for everyone as well.
1: Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I can vouch for me. You know. There's
0: a fair amount of pain and suffering that yeah. goes on in my way, but also for yours yeah. as well.
1: And to, to be honest, my resilience now and coping with that is very different pre business, even. Mm. Um, so, it's an acknowledgement of what do you need at a primal level? Um, and then finding a way to be able to do that. Um, because again, having a shift in priorities of outside yourself or looking after something other than yourself or making a choice, whether it be living somewhere different or, um, changing careers, mm-hmm. whatever it might mm-hmm. be, but moving outside of the known into the unknown, mm-hmm. which is exactly what you're talking about
0: yeah,
1: is, um, is really about understanding when it is unknown and, ha- and acknowledging how you're actually mm-hmm. feeling and I can guarantee and I know that this is the case for you you can't do it without support no um, no you can't that would be my biggest I was gonna talk about
0: that because you're talking about having a family and running a business and and what that looks like but I would assume that you had a fair amount of um, Familial support, your husband, your family, especially if it came to looking after the child. Just so you know, guys, you might be able to hear that noise in the background. It's actually my puppy playing with a with a rattly toy. <laughs> so if anyone can hear that, just
1: you know, sit so to the side. Welcome to parenthood. It's
0: right <laughs> <now, Eleanor. laughs> tiny puppy of mine. Um, at some point, I'm sure um, the puppy will will star in a video. But right now, she's put aside <laughs> playing with a rattly toy. Um, so you, you had your family involved in this, and I assume they were looking. After the baby or babies, while you're out getting work done, and you are coming back, and I just can't, honestly, it just sounds like a nightmare. How is how is it, how does one manage that?
1: Um, so definitely knowing that you've got the support, mm. but talking about it. Mm. So okay. I try really hard to respect people's time. Mm. So it's not just just because I've got the kids or I need to go to work. You should have them. Right. Um, I work with my husband mm. and work with my parents-in-law because my parents mm. aren't in town. Mm. And I would try and give them as much notice as possible. Mm. I would ask, "Can you do it? If you can't, then I would try and change mm. things around." But it all boils down to establishing expectations. Okay. Very similar to working with clients or teams. Well, this um, is true,
0: isn't it? Working with working with family to to have a blended care environment is very much like an employment environment Mm. where it's a blended environment. You have people from different backgrounds, you've got people who are female, male, other genders and yeah you actually have to figure out how to work together and one needs respect in that environment.
1: And really common values Mm. um, because if I had in-laws or family that didn't value Family or the connection or support Mm. which that that's sometimes what happens and that's fine If you don't have that it's really difficult. Um, So
0: how do you teach your clients to give that value? Because that's not necessarily Intrinsic. Yeah, we we as as business owners. We're really good at knowing what we want our employees to do But we're not very good at knowing how to get them to do it in a way that makes sense. Absolutely. So how do do you express how do you help your your clients? do that your employer clients do really that. good
1: question is what are your values okay and they so, might be able to tell me or not yeah and then i'll say so what would your employees say ah and they'll go oh they'd say that i said would they <laughs> let's find out and i actually talk to them and nine times out of ten they just go oh, i actually don't know what their <laughs> values are or they're that they're on the wall how does it mean to you? And they'll all have different interpretations. Right. It all boils down to everyone having a having a common understanding. Right. So they all have to have the same definition of what it means for respect, value, integrity, accountability, whatever it looks like.
0: It's very funny you say that because I work with a lot of client um, employer clients too and almost always those are in their values. Those, yeah. th- those words are in the values. But what it means, mm-hmm. how it gets manifested. Yeah is actually a really interesting thing. How planning. do you measure it? How do you measure it?
1: That's, that's the, it's and great I, to have it here and talk about it and people are doing stuff, are they aligned at all? Mm. Are we actually holding anyone to account to mm. them? Are we rewarding against them? Mm. Are we disciplining against them? Are we Do we have consequences if they don't meet it? So, very similar to having kids to be honest.
0: So is it possible because we, we all do as business we have these lovely values or we've got these you know aspirations for our um, employees and for you know how we do our work uh, but we forget about them. Mm. So is it a case of training your clients to continue to evaluate and continue to visit and revisit? I was doing a talk recently from um, about social media and the pitfalls essentially. So h- how to deal with discrimination in social media and when it comes right. into the workplace and vicarious liability. Yeah. bit of a heavy topic. Um, and one of the things that I was saying is that yes policies are great but if you never visit them, you never apply them, you never remind your employees of them, what's the point of them? You know, one good example would might be, and I used it um, in this talk, is you might have a policy that you that you have a you have an uh, um, appropriate alcohol use policy, perhaps, and you have a policy that says when there's alcohol around, there should be food and non-alcoholic drinks, um, and that's fine, and hopefully you do that each time. But do you remind your employees of the discrimination policy before they go out to a to a bar to have Friday night drinks? You know, so these are. The, I'm just wondering how do you how do you explain that to an employer who it's not on their mind anymore? You know they've got these beautiful policies. Yes, they spend a lot of money on them. Yes, <laughs> they I just they had this send them out to their employees yeah. and they
1: yeah, are Yeah. What happens next? So I find a lot if it doesn't mean anything, there's no point having it. Hmm. So just because a lawyer or a HR person or someone says have them, yeah. If they don't mean anything, mm, just mm. don't bother. Okay. Um, but you have to know the consequences if you don't bother. Yeah. <laughs> because it's not just a matter of... Um, it's. A lot of people view HR policies as an insurance policy. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yep. And that's quite flawed because an insurance policy implies that we've got everything covered, we'll just keep doing what we're doing, and then when something happens, that'll cover us, which is the complete... <sighs> it's a,
0: yeah, okay. Okay.
1: So... It's really about, and we're going back to even values. If they aren't meaningful, why do we have them? Mm-hmm. Oh, we have them for these reasons, and so therefore you need to reinforce them. Right. And it just, to boil it all down, management capability and leadership. You're a leader, that's what you should be living by.
0: So, what does a good leader look like then?
1: Um, for me, a big it, actually, it is huge. <laughs> um, and I think we'll need another half an hour well... to do that. Um, but for me, it's actually doing what you say you were going to do, okay. being honest and transparent. Yep. Um, and really, accountability isn't about just a leader's job. Mm. It's about everyone holding everyone else accountable. Okay. Um, I have some amazing tools and um, resources from um, Patrick Lencioni. Um, and it's actually, leadership is about being a cohesive team and mm. leading a cohesive team. Mm. But that's not about the one person, it's about Mm. the collective. Um, So it's a leader being able to bring everyone on that journey um, and to get down and dirty if they require it. Mm. So that means living the values, Mm. breathing it. Um, You can't hold someone to account to a standard of behaviour or a policy if you don't follow it yourself.
0: It's really interesting. Um, As an employer and as an employment lawyer, what I look for is a high-functioning team but that's what you're talking about I just use a, I'm using a different word I'm looking for a cohesive team that works well in an environment where it can be pressured but we can lean on each other and we get a lot of work done but we're all doing it in, in one in one sort of movement Do you
1: know what it all boils down to trust
0: okay that makes a lot of sense It's all
1: about trust but it's vulnerability based trust mm, okay so I know when working with you Melanie you put your hand up to say I don't know I yeah. actually I'm I, I'm I, I don't I don't know what to do yeah. So let's figure it out together yeah uh, this is outside of my lane mm, um and if mm. we even go back to how you made it work with your family I trust them yeah yeah um I know that that sometimes that well of course you trust them no 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 I genuinely trust that so, my husband can feed my children. Right. That, that vulnerability
0: trust, right. And in a work environment, yeah. we're talking about not just showing our employees that we're sitting on ivory tower and we know everything, but in fact, this is a journey I'm working mm-hmm. on too.
1: Because okay. once you build, once you have that vulnerability based trust, and Patrick Lencioni has a whole model around it, and I love it because a lot of people focus on this accountability, part mm. and it's actually number three okay um really what actually it's number four because the first part is about that vulnerability based trust but mm. then it's about um productive conflict and that's a really a real oxymoron when people sort of talk okay. about it it's, what do you mean by productive conflict i yeah. said but if you you can trust the person that you're working with mm. if you don't think something something is right you can trust that if you tell them they will know you're not doing it Personally, just to be bitchy, yeah, yeah, you're actually doing it as a. I genuinely White-hand. don't think it's White a great 18, idea. White that sort of thing. Yeah. So it's okay. that constructive debate, mm. because once you have that trust and you are able to have that constructive debate, and you decide, everyone's had an opportunity to talk, everyone's had an opportunity to be able to voice their opinion, and we've worked through it. We've all decided that this is the best course of action. You then can commit to it mm, because okay. you trust them. And then there's a whole yeah. whole heap more, but. This is yeah, really that's interesting. That's what you really um,
0: about. In in this environment, we've had to deal with um, ah. the work health and safety issues that come around with the um, with the COVID situation. Yeah. The changes. The changes. Mm-hmm. And uh, we wanted to make a policy on this because the question came up: How sick is too sick to come to work? Yeah. 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 Is yeah. it? Coffee? Is it having a sneeze? Are we have we got allergies? When what is our what is our as an office mm-hmm. tolerance level? Yep. And I got my whole team together and we sat down at that round table you walked past and we talked it through mm. and we, we we listened to each other's points of view yep. on what was this and that. Ultimately I have to make a decision mm. and I let them know that ultimately I need to make a decision. But I needed to find out where their tolerances were on this. So do we send someone home for one sneeze? Do we get a COVID test if we wake up with a headache? What is, where's our tolerances here? It was really interesting to find out because at the end of it we had completely different views at the beginning Mm. of the conversation but by the end of it we had a consensus which I believed we could all live with
1: and apply Mm. and it was just yeah I see what you mean by that. And then once you've been through that process if someone decides they don't want to follow that process you then have a consequence to say mm. we all decided to do this. Yeah. Why is it that you decided yeah. not to do it? Or yeah. can you help me explain mm. why you've decided not to do yeah. this?
0: Now this doesn't work with every policy.
1: Oh, absolutely. Kind, so, of a,
0: kind of a driving policy where people like, oh, I like to speak, what's wrong with it? You know, this sort of thing. But it does work with policies and, with, and especially around the workout and safety yeah, space absolutely. where everyone's got kind of different sensibilities on mm. these things. Yep. So when we... When we're doing this vulnerability thing, when we are when we are trusting each other, we have a cohesive work environment, which I see as a high um, functioning, you know, functioning team. Team.
1: Absolutely,
0: right. How does it work in a small environment though? Because it, it's easy for me. I've got all my team; they're here and they're sitting here every day. What if they're not sitting here every day? Same what
1: concepts. If... You just need to change the way you communicate. How
0: does it work? Like if you're uh, if you're let's say you're a landscape gardener mm. you've got three team members
1: that are at three different places how does how does that work in practice what do you, you structured messaging what being really purposeful in your activity okay so knowing that as a leader i need to make sure that there are opportunities for my entire team to come together because okay. we need to talk about this 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 and this but how do i do it operationally mm. so you actually will probably need to have someone to bounce ideas off so that's where a coach or a professional mm. in the space mm. of whether it be working with your people or mm. accountant or mm. um in the space that I work in it's actually so I need to tell everyone this how do I do it yeah. but I have there's operational considerations as well because mm. it's not a one-size-fits-all no and it's not I live by the the adage of it's not best practices which practice is it best for mm, okay. so it's really looking at what is going to be what am i trying to achieve what's mm. the outcome mm. um and how do i do that while still trying to run my business um, right. so it's just really important to find something that works for your business knowing that there are certain things you need to achieve when it comes to bringing your team together to be high functioning or cohesive mm. um okay. and i can tell you now having the team all together at some point mm. is vital. I've seen that a lot with the hybrid and remote work. Yeah,
0: actually I really agree with that. When we were all sent home last year for a, a fairly significant amount of time, I racked my brains as to, what to do with my team to keep them together, because we're constantly talking in the office. We have an open, those who don't know, we have a completely open plan environment. We're all literally next to each other. So we're all talking, we're all doing things, we're all kind of calling out, we're all doing this all the time. Now at home, that wasn't possible. Even if we had had teams up Mm. all the time, Mm. it just would have been too much noise I think for that. So what I I ended up doing was, uh, and we still do it, is on Wednesday, one of us taught the others through teams how to fold an origami Mm -hmm. project and that mean the person had to think about which origami project they were going to do and then they had to figure out how to teach everybody while they're at their homes and and that's a struggle and I think we all found that we weren't as talented at origami as one would have hoped us to be but they all liked it so much that we do it even today. Um, We will be doing origami tomorrow. Every Wednesday, we.
1: A really of cool one is having everyone blindfolded. Okay. having someone talk through how to draw a snowman uh, or how to uh, do a Christmas tree yep, or yep. anything that you. And a duck, some fabulous artwork.
0: Yeah, yep. yeah. It's good fun. Okay, yeah, there's always a next step for us. That's right. <laughs> but, but I think you're right, even when one is not together, there are ways to get us together that make that makes sense to continue that cohesiveness. It's
1: structured collaboration. Yeah,
0: okay, okay. And that's
1: one thing that's been so important in moving to a hybrid workplace or a remote workplace is if there are times people are in the office, ensure that it's really productive Mm -hmm. and it's focused on collaboration. Mm. So instead of having um, an environment where you could just fire off a question knowing Someone's gonna answer it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. knowing right everyone's in the office So what are we going to do or mm. this person has to be in the office that day? So let's let's organize that so it's a bit more planning and preparation, mm. okay, but the benefits are, are really noticeable mm. Mm.
0: Yeah, I am um, I'm, I'm always fascinated by the psychology of this because we see and, and one a good example is MJT law does a four or three week we work Monday through to Thursday, we have Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. And psychologically, like if you'd said to me two years ago, Melanie, let's stop working Fridays, I would have gone, are you kidding me? You have any idea how much work we've got? We're never gonna get it done in four days. I can't barely get it done in five. But we've made more money <laughs> this year over four days than I did over five. Yep. And my, my brain says that just shouldn't work. the numbers don't lie and uh, And so why do you think it works well I've talked to my team about this Um, I think it's because my team and myself we by the time we get to Monday it isn't a you know Garfield I hate Mondays situation they they've had their rest they've they've had and psychologically they've had more time off than anybody else that they know so they've, they've got a little bit of one-up shit, maybe. I, I don't know, but we, we feel better on Monday after three days <laughs> than we do for the two, and we're ready. And there is no hump day either. There's no fatigue. There's no, oh, my God, this is Thursday. How am I going to get through Friday? There's no middle of the week Wednesday. It's, uh, we, we're like, it's like a brain shift. There are days we have to come into work because yeah. I'm a lawyer and court occurs and conciliations and documents have to go out and we might pop in for a couple of hours or we might not. But yeah, we... we it
1: <laughs> you focus.
0: I, I actually have no answer. No.
1: Because are you focused? Are the team we, focused?
0: We, we do more work. Absolutely. We actually
1: do more work. You're focused on the outcome versus focused on being present.
0: But why does that... Work. You you probably have a better insight because as a lawyer, I, I don't work with the emotion. Mm. I work with my brain. Yep. I mean, everyone works with brain. But do you know what I mean? I'm not an emotional driven person. Well, see, I would
1: debate that because you don't make those sorts of decisions based on just numbers and figures. Because you wouldn't make a decision like that. We can <laughs> not No, it's true. So we took a pause. Yeah, but you recognise the benefits around people's energy levels, their engagement levels. Um, that you're doing something different
0: mm-hmm. and doing mm-hmm.
1: something different can go one of two ways. That's, true. that's um, true. And knowing that if it doesn't happen to work, we don't have to
0: keep doing it, we can change it. That's the other thing, I think. There's always that we can go back. You've got a choice. Yeah. What, which roundabout? That's exactly what
1: we started talking about in the first It's part.
0: very true, actually. Cause it's about a choice. Because I've talked. I know there are people out there who do a four-three week but pay for four four days. We here at MJT Law we have a we have a full-time wage. We just don't work a full-time week. Um, that gives me comfort that I can drag my team in on a Friday if I want to, and it gives my team comfort that they're not part-time workers. Yeah. And you you probably understand how detrimental a part-time employee is yeah. to a full-time job in the future. Or just
1: ten hour days mm. versus a regular yeah. eight to nine and just life. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot to fit in. So essentially it's just doing exactly the same amount of work and less hours. Yeah. So that is actually an emotionally driven decision. I guess
0: I guess you're right. Yeah I am. <laughs> <laughs> should we should we re record that for your for your husband?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, he knows I'm right all the time, it's fine. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's. Um, I find it a surprising thing, you hear it, people do it and you see really big companies do it and they say it's brilliant, it's blah 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 and um, I don't know if they still do it, I'm pretty sure they do at Barry Nelson which is another law firm, a huge one, does a um, nine day fortnight and the employees work only if they ha- uh, don't work only if they've finished all their work. Um, I don't know anybody who actually works at Barry Nelson so I don't know how that works in practice but we are literally shut. like. I if I'm at home, I don't look at my emails. Monday morning is the day that I start my work again, um, and hopefully I won't get ten thousand messages. I was just going to say of,
1: this could have just totally stuffed everything uh, up there. No, your secret's out. No. But,
0: but yeah, it's um I don't think any of my clients have been detrimented because of it. Certainly we don't let anything go because of it, and yeah, it just
1: I, it's brilliant. Hmm. It's absolutely brilliant. That's right. And
0: I don't know if it's going to go on forever.
1: It's working for now. It's working for now. It's about change and making sure that you've planned according to the situation that you're currently in. But
0: Anybody out there who thinks that a four day week won't work, happy to answer questions, don't know how it works really, Melissa's probably far better. (laughs) giving you the, the the real answers there which practice is it best for yeah it's true mm-hmm. it's very mm-hmm. very true I mean there's certain industries that probably won't work as effectively than That's others right. but certainly I think in a office environment if you're looking at getting the most out of your team it might be worth thinking about it's one element absolutely. yeah it might be worth thinking about yes. And I don't I think you're right it's not a cookie cutter solution this is not going to work for everybody because there are certain culture in working environments that this would just, you'd get the, taken the purse out of, you know, there'd be more absentees and not less, you know, there, there, there's a there's a big thing there. But one of the, pro, one, of the one of the problems that has occurred is no one takes leave.
1: <laughs> yes, there's your leave liability. He's <laughs> <it's> like, what? <laughs> yeah, no one's taking leave. Mm. So,
0: you know, all those employees out there think they'll get more, you know, they'll take more time off. But I was inspired by the New Zealand Prime Minister
1: mm. when
0: I did this. Um, She's amazing. I, I really like her, um, just, and I really like Jacinda. but I was inspired by her because what she said to the New Zealand population was, try to do a 4-3 week, get out there on those three days and enjoy New Zealand and spend money. And I thought, actually I'm going to take that and I'm going to encourage my team to do the same. Take more holidays, Yeah. take more time out, go out, spend your money, you're getting a full-time wage. Yeah. And Encourage the economy, and I was really inspired by that. Mm. And I'm further inspired um, by the prime minister telling everyone they can have half price fares. Mm. You know, they're giving away forty thousand a week or whatever it is. And you know, I've I've been asking my team where they think they might be going. They've got
1: three days. Yeah, happy days. Absolutely. Well, you could tell them that they can have a little bit longer because they need to use up. Oh my God,
0: the leave! But that's that's the (laughs) difference. Like in in the year that my team have been doing this, they have taken well, barely any sick leave, for a start. That's almost got rid of any sick leave that's on the table. Um, all those days, sicky days or whatever, I'm not saying my team are doing sick days. So I'm going to get in trouble yeah, reminder, for that. It's
1: an open plan office. Yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm really
0: going in trouble for that one. But you know, they're taking less the sick leave. And actually, yes, there is a, uh, I'm not sure that's a problem for me, but yes, there is less leave, less leave taken. Um, I'm not sure that matters for me, but yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting issue if it's a problem for you. Because hmm. I think that's what's going to happen if you do it yourself. But yeah, what about you? Four-day week? Here we come.
1: Oh, I, I, I work two full-time jobs really. I have two <laughs> children under the age of three and a half. I work two jobs. <laughs> oh, I'm just ready for sleep. Yeah, well the
0: sofa I here is very comfortable. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> I've had a kip on the sofa a couple of times,
1: so oh, yeah, nice. you're, you're quite welcome to. Thank do that. you. Thank you so much.
0: <laughs> well, look, Melissa, it's been lovely having you here today. And you're our first guest.
1: I feel so privileged. I think it's
0: brilliant. You've, you've been a brilliant guest today.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Um, and thank you, everybody, for those who are watching. And stand by. We were, we're, What we're going to do is on our um, YouTube channel, we're going to put some information up about Melissa. So if you want to learn a little bit more about her, we'll, we're going to help you cyber stalk her. Thanks, <laughs> and and your business, and uh, yeah, well, thanks for watching, and very much thank you for. Thank you, Melanie.
1: My pleasure was all mine.
0: Oh, that's brilliant. Okay, everyone, I'll see you again.